January 6th a crime or a right? Our founding fathers, I think we should remember sometimes that uh, they were, a lot of them, immigrants in a sense, their families were, that brought them here, and they were, they were fleeing religious persecution, uh, overtaxation, lack of freedom, and so in reality, uh, we, all of us here, are immigrants in that sense, and uh, we should, uh, I think, always remember that. I did a study uh, on uh, the Founding Fathers and some of the things in the past. I, I did a study on them, and uh, I put it away. That was about five years ago. So uh, I heard a message by uh, uh, John MacArthur that I like so well that I want to incorporate toward the end of my message today. And that was so good, that really moved me. And uh, so I'd like to share just, a, I took a few gems out to me. And sometimes I think kids at schools, they hardly ever hear any of this stuff. And I think it's very, very important uh, that we all know uh, where our founding fathers were coming from. Uh, they looked at different governments here. They looked at anarchy. That's where there is no government, no law, no systematic control or power. Might is right. We're seeing that a little bit with cancel culture, aren't we? And uh, we see some of that going on today. And then they looked at tyranny. That's just where a few uh, are in charge. And they, just the elite, have control and power. And it presents political oppression. It's almost like socialism. So the founders search for a balance between these two extreme types of governments. They wanted a people's law where government can be kept under control. Political power that maintained a balanced center. Enough government to maintain security, justice, good order. But not too much government to abuse the people. As a result of that, they came up with our form of government. With the executive branch, the legislature, and the judicial. And I think it's important, they just didn't come over and put this together. Uh, they had already been here through their parents and so on, 180 years before they came up, finally, and approved our Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and so on. 180 years it took them to get to that point. Uh, they held firm to natural law. Uh, that's important. It's just natural law. And... Uh, they believed that behind the universe and the people's lives was a supreme creator of the universe, they called him. He was God. And the laws of the land were to reflect this greatness of this great God, of his presence, his interest in the people's lives. And all their laws were to be measured by God's law and legislature laws cannot amend God's natural laws. Amen? They held that without religion. And back then, of course, uh, until just recently, it was the Judeo-Christian faith. The government of a free people cannot be maintained unless you have this because they understood something. They understood the sinfulness of man. They knew that man was depraved in nature. 
And because of that, if not controlled, if not bound by certain rules and regulations, man's depravity can go out and destroy everything that everybody loves. <laughs> and so they understood that. The same year the Constitution was written and approved, the same Congress, they approved and passed Article 3. Article 3 says this, Religion, morality, knowledge being necessary for a good government, for the happiness of mankind, our schools and the means of education shall forever encourage those things. They wanted taught in the public schools. They wanted five fundamental things. One, there exists a creator who made all things and mankind should recognize and worship him. Two, they want this taught in the public schools now. Two, the creator has revealed a moral code of behavior for happy living which distinguishes right from wrong. How do I know right from wrong? What does God say? Three, the creator holds mankind responsible for the way they treat each other. Four, all mankind live beyond this life. And five, the next life, mankind are judged for the conduct in this one. So they wanted those five fundamental truths to be made aware of through public education. All men are created equal in the sight of God, in the sight of the law, protection of their rights. All people are not equal because all are different but we can all become equal with hard work and so on. The founders held that the proper role of government is to protect equal rights. The founders had learned with their experience from King George, of course, they recognized that the moment government is authorized to start leveling the material possessions of the prosperous in order to have equal distribution of goods, are you not hearing that today? Take from the rich and give to the poor and so on, everybody be on the same level. It's called socialism, by the way. Then government, they said, has the power to take away any of its people of their equal rights. If we come to that point, it's government that then decides who gets what and what rights one has. The founders promoted hard work, thrift, frugality, and compassion. Samuel Adams said the ideas of welfare of a welfare state were made unconstitutional. Unbelievable. Did not believe in it. They had written down, they came up with a with a solution themselves, one do not help the needy completely, merely help them to help themselves. Two, give the poor the satisfaction of earned achievement instead of rewarding them without achievements. Three, allow the poor to climb the appreciation ladder from tents to cabins, from cabins to cottages, from cottages to comfortable homes. Four, where emergency help is provided, do not prolong it to the point where it becomes habitual. Isn't that amazing? Strictly enforce the scale of fixed 
responsibility. The first, the foremost level of responsibility is with the individual himself. The second level is the family, then the church, next the community, and finally the country. And in a disaster or emergency, the state, the state, under no circumstances is the federal government to become involved in public welfare. The founders felt it would corrupt the government and also the poor. No constitutional authority exists for the federal government to participate in charity or welfare. Now think that through. That's what our founders held to. They held the fact that man is endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. These rights didn't originate from some type of government social contract, a king, an emperor, a governmental authority. They believed man's, man's rights came directly and exclusively from God himself. No man has a right to harm the other's life, their health, their liberty, or their possessions. A few of these unalienable rights are self-government, bear arms for defense, to own and develop property, free conscience, to assemble, to petition, free speech, free press, to prosper from self-labor, explore for the resources, isn't that interesting, to privacy, to a fair trial. The founders promoted that elected officials are the servants of the people, and it's the people who has the power to appoint and to remove one. That rests with the people. Alexander Hamilton said, the fabric of the American empire ought to rest on the solid basis of the consent of the people. James Madison, the architect of the Constitution, he said, the ultimate authority resides in the people alone. John Locke says that when legislatures go rogue and they begin to be a burden putting people into some type of slavery, slavery or taking from them their finances or their properties, whatever. He said, therefore, if legislature does this, either by laws, fear, folly, or corruption, by placing themselves as an absolute power over the people's lives, liberties, and estates by the breach of trust, they, the government, Officials forfeit the power the people had put into their hands. And it dissolves to the people who have the right to resume the original liberty provided in the Constitution for their own safety and security. The founders had more confidence in the people than in the leaders. Let me say that again. They had more confidence in the people than the leaders. The founders looked upon government as a violent instrument of explosive firepower, which needed, must be harnessed with strictly enforcing, interpreting correctly the Constitution. And if 
they didn't do that. They knew the government would destroy the very freedom it was designed to preserve. George Washington said, government is a force like fire. It's a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Fire is good when controlled to give warmth, to cook. (laughs) But if it gets out of control, it can certainly destroy. And that's the point George Washington was making. And I say to you this morning, their fears have come to America that we see today. As believers, we're going to be more severely tested in the coming days like never before. We're no longer those who have the home court advantage. We don't have that any longer. John MacArthur said this just the other day. He said, our president has stated that our biggest threat is systematic racism. I disagree with that because most Americans do not prescribe to racism today. He said the number one, and he changed it to white supremacy, which does not exist with any power. And then he said he believed it to be global warming. Though we never say anything hardly ever to China, do we? Global warming, yeah, global warming does not exist, but if it does exist, remember this, God's plans are in charge. (laughs) And we will get to the end. Amen. Today, our rulers, government, are designing a culture that's immoral, a point where it protects criminals and make those who do good afraid. Example, New York City, Chicago, Minneapolis, Portland, Indianapolis. Who's good anymore, they think? They say the rioters. We say the police. They say the looters. We say the private businesses. (laughs) that are being looted. When criminals don't fear the consequences of crime, but policemen do fear the consequences in trying to stop criminals, then it's all upside down. Isaiah 5.20 says this, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's all upside down. Verse 23 which justify the wicked for reward. (laughs) And it seems like we're rewarding a lot of wicked people today. They catch them, they release them. But yet a grandmother who just walked in in the halls is arrested immediately. It's crazy what's going on. Our government, a lot of our sports, our media... Most of our educational systems are the sources of lies, the protector of liars. 
They're enemies of truth and to those who tell the truth. They praise evil and persecute the good. There's a world survey taken, and the question was, what nation is least likely to tell the truth? It wasn't Russia. It wasn't China. It wasn't North Korea. It wasn't Iran, but it was the American media. That was a world survey. Amazing, amazing. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and 2 says this. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resisteth shall receive to themselves damnation. In those two verses right there, the role of government is to restrain evil. And when it refuses to restrain evil, there begins to be a downgrade creating enormous problems. It said in those two verses that government is from God, by God, and of God. And that's even unbelieving nations. It states in Daniel 2.37, Thou king art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. That's Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar, who had conquered all of those lands. He said, the reason you have what you have, it's God. Isn't that amazing? An unbelieving nation. John chapter 19, verse 10. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought the releasing. What Christ was saying to him, he said, let me tell you something. The only reason you are able to do this is because there's a God in heaven. He's the one who's in charge, and he's given you that power. That's why you have that. Back to Romans chapter 13, verse 3 and 4, it says this. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God for thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a, the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Government is not to be a threat to behavior that is good, and that is lawful. But those who are unlawful should be afraid of its government sword, God's wrath, he says. In other words, criminals should expect, should expect severe punishment. Amen? 
Now, let me just say, today we slap them on the wrist and let them go rather than punishing them the way they should be punished. If they were punished correctly, they wouldn't be doing the garbage they think they can get by with. Amen? That's good preaching, Jim. Genesis 9, 6 says this. Genesis 9, 6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. And just recently, we just saw they're, they're, they've stopped any type of execution. Completely going against what God says they should do. And on the other end of that, Proverbs 6, 17, he, these are things God hates, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And I'm going to say innocent blood is abortion. When you take a baby's life and you don't give it a chance to live it out, all of the lost potential, can you comprehend that? And yet we think it's good. Evil has become good. It's, there are problems when government ceases to function as God intended it to function. And when a government does that, in God's sight, it yields up its authority, as our founding fathers said. Just like a father, he has a responsibility to be the leader. But when he's out there doing all kinds of things that he shouldn't be doing himself, he forfeits that authority. He no longer has that authority in God's sight because of his sin. It's the same thing with Daniel. The authority said you can't, you have to bow to this image, you can't do, pray yourself. And Daniel, what he did? He went home, opened the windows, prayed like he did every day. Amen? And so, God tells us there comes a time when you have to stand up for what is right. Even the Apostle Paul, he violated several government rules. Those countries, those nations were downgrading, excluding of God. And as they did that, the Apostle Paul, he was thrown in jail. He was beaten. He finally was executed by the government's rules that were oppressive and persecuting. But he stood. America, let me say something, we're in a downgrade. America has forfeited her authority in a sense over its people. Our government is corrupt and has become the enemy of God's design. Now we know who's behind it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We know he's the father of lies. We know he's the God of this world. We know Satan is behind the evil system that tries to overtake nations. I understand that. And we can see for the past 50 years a downward spiral of America trying to exclude God from public places, from its government itself. It doesn't want to acknowledge God. It wants to abandon, abandon God. 
That's why they've been allowed to teach humanism. The center of all is man. Racism. Not just about blacks, but anti-white today. Liberalism. Evolution. Socialism. Anti-constitution. Anti-God. Today, he's only tolerated. But it won't be long. They won't even tolerate that. Our only hope for us is, one, the gospel. It's the only thing that can help mankind. And it's the fact that we are sinners. And if we die in our sin, we'll go straight to hell. But God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. And his son, on an old rugged cross, he took the punishment, the payment of my sin himself upon himself. And he shed his blood, and he died for me. And they buried him. And three days later, bam, he came up from the grave. Amen, he's alive. I'm excited about that. I have a living Savior. So do you if you're saved. And if you don't know him, you need to get saved. He's your only answer for all of your sin. You think it might get rough just in this life here. This is nothing compared to eternity. Amen? Our only hope, one, is the gospel. The second thing is prayer. We have to pray for our people and leadership. We have to pray for our country, our conduct, our behavior, which is our testimony. If ever our country's been dark, it's darker today than ever before, I believe. And let me just say, that allows us to shine brightly as God's lights upon this earth. We have an opportunity to touch a lot of people because a lot of people are going to say, what in the world is going on? And thirdly, get involved some way. Withstand the evil. Get in, resist the wrong laws. Get involved in your school board. <laughs> Get involved in something that can change the law for the better. But do something. I was watching Judge Janine last night. Forgive me. And uh, I was watching her last night, and she went to this ladies' conservative meeting in Texas. And it was, uh, what was it? Turning Point called Turning Point, where young ladies, those in college, in high school, college, and in the public life just starting in their jobs, and they, she asked them all kinds of questions. What do you think? What do you think? And they said, it's hard. Anytime we stand up for our values, they attack us, they attack us, they attack us. They try to shut us down, they try to shut us down, and on and on it goes. But the one lady, she said this here. She said, if we don't fight for our values, we lose them. And you and I cannot just passively walk this life and just hope, oh, things will get better. It's not going to get better unless some people stand up and try to make it better. And it takes us who know the truth. So sometimes it might get heated. 
Sometimes you might be put down. Sometimes people might yell at you. They might come up to your table where you're eating and say some garbage to you because they know you stand for truth. That's okay. Just go. <laughs> well, that was better than me saying go like that, okay? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. We need some warriors around here. Some people that will stand up for truth and it's not ashamed of it. And uh, we can't bend to all this stuff that's coming down on us at this time. But every time they needed us to stand and resist it, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And we need to be bold, be able to take it, but yet be able in a Christian way share that truth and not be ashamed of it and say it firmly, convictingly. But God's looking for some people. You know, and there are times in history where there weren't any people and God went about and he said he looked for a man. <laughs> he looked for just one person <laughs> that he could reach down and touch and lead his people. And likewise, I believe with all my heart, God's looking for some people that will love their country, love their Savior more, but willing to stand for his truth within that country and try to help that country follow him. Father, we love you. God, today we celebrate our independence. The day that our founders stood up, approved, voted for, signed the Declaration of Independence, our Constitution that has given us liberty and freedom without fear in this country for many years. But Lord, we sadly see the darkness taking hold of what's going on in our country. And it breaks our heart. But Lord, maybe we're part of the cause because we haven't spoken up yet. So I just pray that you would re-energize us inside our hearts that we might be Christians first, but also patriots to what our Constitution has promised and what it has given us, all the rights. God, we are a blessed nation in that sense. We have so much, more than any other country. People want to fight to maintain that. Lord, help us to see the difference of fighting for truth, what is morally right, and what your word says. May we not be ashamed of that. Lord, I love all the people, regardless of their, their backgrounds or their, their parties and all of that. Just help us together to see there's a dark cloud over this country right now, and if you don't intervene, we're done. And so, God, I just pray that the people would pray would be bold themselves, look for opportunities to be able to spread that truth. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.